0: Can you
1: also not hear the difference between tent and tint?
0: Oh fuck you, Riff. (laughs) You know They are the same
2: goddamn (laughs) words. (laughs) Wow, seriously? (laughs) What what are you (sighs) I'm Zach? I'm Riff. And I'm Kevin this time. And it's time for episode one hundred and eight of the Kingdom of Loathing podcast yeah fuck i mean video <laughs> games hot dog how's it going guys
1: It's pretty pretty good yeah
2: boy yeah. yeah. if being drunk was a video game, I would have so much to talk about right now
1: have you have a lot of points mm mm-hmm.
2: yeah i would have i would i would be on the leaderboard hmm i would i would have written ass <laughs> uh what did you guys uh what did you guys put in uh, high score lists on arcade games when you when you reached them
1: um I think before everyone started calling me Riff, I just put my initials.
2: Okay. okay. And then
1: after that, I started putting
2: R-I-F. Okay. I so did what's, your, what's your middle name, Riff? Windsor. Wow. Windsor? Wow. Windsor. Yeah.
1: It's, I mean, it's my mother's maiden name. It's not like a... They didn't pick that. I see.
2: Your mother sounds like a fancy lady. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've met her. She's pretty fancy. She's pretty fancy. Yeah. Sure. Suppose <laughs> for a while kevin? i did uh, i did the obnoxious god uh but then i just was like that's dumb i think the I obnoxious think
2: just, god was also your rapper name. <laughs> yeah uh
0: i think as soon as i saw somebody else doing that i was like oh this is totally not original and then uh, and then i just did my initials did you even believe
2: in god when you were doing that
0: uh probably not did I, you I think, think that
2: you did you think that you were god kevin well
0: i mean that was the idea right like I am. I oh am
2: man! God Only God game. could have gotten third place on this game. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's there's no way, no way. God is as cool as Dick and Ass. <laughs> yeah, but then just, but then just K A S. Yep. Mm. So N-W-C It's too bad that your yep. last name wasn't Albertson. because <laughs> yeah, sure. then maybe you'd be a grocery store magnate and nwa <laughs> i just always did zac yeah yeah uh my initials are yeah
0: zedge is pretty good though that's a good it's, n- it's like a not
2: word. it's not really i mean you don't there aren't words in which j follows e okay you guys are trying to think of one aren't you yeah yeah, yeah. there aren't I, there i can't there think of aren't one. any um i don't i don't think Oh, ejaculate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. That's like my favorite word, too. How is it that I didn't think of that until just now? Zedjaculate. So what have you been up to this past week? Um, Yeah. Nothing?
2: I guess not. Wow, really? You got to go. You got to go, Kevin. Okay. Uh, (laughs) You got to carry us. It was here that you carried us.
0: Uh, I have been posting all of my possessions on Craigslist and he- learning how flaky humanity is as a whole. <laughs> yeah, you said something on
2: Twitter about about uh, you Jesus. learning a lot about how bad people are. What, what are they just not showing up, or are they they showing up and trying to give you? I, uh, a stick of gum instead of forty dollars. Like, I have probably
0: what? had between forty and fifty responses to my Craigslist posts for the like the furniture that I'm trying to sell and have had two people actually show up and exchange money for the things that they said they wanted. Um, dozens, probably two dozen people have set a time that they would come by. so I've been setting you know, I've been like specifically arranging my schedule around them and then just not shown up. And you've been you've been setting out a fancy tray of tea,
2: <laughs> exactly,
0: <laughs> baking some fresh cookies, um, yeah. And so those people have just not shown up. Some of them, I would say the majority of them have have, I wouldn't necessarily say given me advance notice that they weren't coming, but they have let me know that they aren't coming. Um, usually after they have not shown up, and it's you know twenty or thirty or an hour later. Uh, but then, yeah. And then just a bunch of people that like, I, I'm posting. So, you know, I bought a bunch of furniture when I moved to Chicago, brand new, haven't really fucked it up at all. It is. Or even like,
2: ever sat on it or anything.
0: Yeah. Right. And so it's like all, all Ikea stuff, basically brand new, which I am, which I'm posting for on average 50% off. It's already assembled. It's just a matter of like coming to the house, picking it up and taking it away. And people are still trying to like. Argue me down. To Careful, like 10, 10 or twenty percent. I, I wasn't gonna say anything else. <laughs> wow, uh, argue me down to like ten or twenty percent of its Look, like, I know, cost. I know how
2: racist you are, <laughs> and, and I like, I gotta th- this this podcast. The people, listen family to friendly, us, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the podcast that we do that people listen
2: to. <laughs> yeah, um, you, you gotta you gotta keep in mind though that IKEA is. Basically a store that just sells garbage.
0: Well, sure, mm. but like it's garbage that you can sit on or put your objects, <laughs> you know, your, your computer on for a couple of years and it's not going to yeah, fall on the I floor. Mean, right?
1: people, people say that, but I've never had any problem with any IKEA furniture I've ever bought. It's have not you like ever nice.
2: sat on a couch from I- IKEA? Because well, the no, problem I've, that I have had with all of those IKEA is IKEA that couch. You know? they might as well be a pile of nails for how comfortable they are. I
1: mean, my bed is Ikea and yeah. that's perfectly com- comfortable. I have slept you, on I, Ikea beds okay. for I, yeah. years. And I do
2: not fucking, I do not fucking, like in as much as like my old ass gets out of bed every morning with some new way in which I've managed <laughs> to fucking injure myself by sleeping. I do not understand how you guys can stand to sleep on what is basically just like a sheet of tin foil on top of a, a stack of broken plates. <laughs> wow. I
1: mean, you know, maybe, maybe the, all the cracker crumbs provide some extra cushioning, but True. it's a pretty good mattress. The, the, full, well, well, the, the, the boxes, full boxes of yeah. cereal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> actually, i I actually
1: I really like my I- IKEA mattress. It's yeah. it's just the right balance of soft and firm. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I had to rotate it the other day because I I've I've I got crushed a divot into the
0: side of it that I sleep on but mm-hmm. you sleep mm-hmm. on one side of it not in the middle No oh, I guess uh, I guess the other side of it is like covered with like boxes of cans of soup
1: Yeah the the other the <laughs> other side is the large cardboard box of the the pile of books that I have not yet read and empty cereal
2: boxes <laughs> Right Do you do you not move around at all when you sleep
1: no almost not at all wow i could i could probably i could probably sleep on a board that's like two foot wide
2: you you must have you must have a a piece inside of you that i can never hope to aspire
0: no this was the thing like i i think of of all the of all the people that we work with i think riff is probably the one that i admire the most in terms of like like his just his life is complete in a way that I feel like mine is not, you know? <laughs> so you're uh, saying
2: that's what causes us to thrash in our sleep. Is our uh.
0: incompleteness, yeah.
2: Right, is us seeking out, us reaching in our dreams for that which will complete us.
1: <laughs> I used to read a lot of Taoism, so that it okay. might be that I've okay. acquired some... Chi... Uh, uh, <laughs> Chi, yeah. it's uh, What starts with an uh, sleeping S? Sleeping on a
2: pile of cheese also
0: helps. Yes, true. Serenity, Qi. that's the word I was looking for. Right, right. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I also went to Indiana this past weekend to uh, because it's my last week in Chicago, uh, and I have relatives that are you know just a, sh- a few couple of short hours drive away. Uh, it was getting crunch time to actually go visit them. You know, so, a, uh,
2: a talking crow once told me that there's more than corn in Indiana. That there is, in fact, the super sensational, exciting,
0: vacational Indiana Beach. There's like the dunes or something like that, which we drove by, which I didn't go to. Um, oh yeah, but there we went to like the the lake the lake district. I don't know if that's a a thing, but there were a bunch of lakes uh, up near the like Michigan border. Um, it's really pretty. It is really, really nice up there. We hung out at the lake. Some we yeah. Um, the the Midwest
2: is very much like level one of a lot of video games, right? Yeah. Like it's just it's Gold, green Goldshire. and there's a lot of trees. And, yeah, I mean it's <laughs> you know we, uh, it's it's idyllic until you talk to anyone, and then they're like, "What do you want, faggot?" Then <laughs> you're like, "Oh right,
0: I want to go to a city." <laughs> we got on a boat. Like a pontoon boat. It's not unlike the one that, uh, that, that my other cousin uh, in South Carolina had, um, who also has a house on a lake. Yeah, that um, was a great That was a great boat. Yeah, and I was expecting a great time on this boat, but we apparently we forgot to untie something, or one of our lines got tangled up in the dock, and we tried to pull away from the dock and just broke it into a bunch of pieces that started floating in the water. The yeah. boat or the dock? The dock. Oh, so the, okay. the boat was still seaworthy, but we were like, ah, we should probably we should probably go back in and deal with this. And so we went back <laughs> in and it was like it was like a two hour process of us like fishing the pieces out of the water, like reattaching all the crap that had just been ripped asunder by us. Pulling
1: chewing out. all the chewing gum you needed to paste them all back <clears throat> together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: Sor- sorting all the barnacles by color. <laughs> right. And size. <laughs>
0: Um, But other than that, I had a great time. In fact, I resolved to go back uh, to Indiana for a Christmas, like an early Christmas dinner, like in early December. Because I had had such a good time hanging out. Cool. Yeah. Being
2: on a boat is fun. And sometimes I think, ah, boat, that would be fun. But then I think about how much I hate owning and maintaining things. And Mm. I think how the Mm. boat is the canonical thing that is a pain in the ass to own and maintain. (laughs) And how, nope. I will just go visit someone who has a boat, and I will do that once every 10 years, and that'll get all the boat out of my system. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> I could probably put you on a, on a board and, like, rock it around while uh, projecting scenes of the ocean uh, around you. That, oh, is this like
2: a weird Soylent Green thing? Like, that's, <laughs> that's what you do when you inject the suicide chemicals into me? Although, I guess if you're <laughs> injecting them, it's not really suicide chemicals, right? Yeah, it's yeah. more like murder chemicals. <laughs> you know, like right. the government uses. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. That's good. How are, how are, your, uh, how are your family? Uh, good. I, so it was my uncle and his partner and uh, my uncle's son, so my cousin, and his wife. Uh, and then Melissa and me, which was which was great. It was just a lot of fun. Like we went up there and uh, just talked for a bunch of time, and then had a really awesome dinner. Uh, and then went antiquing, which is not something that I do, but was really cool. Saw, it is, like, you know, it is fun. You to, mean like to wander, wander around an like stores. an antique
1: mall? Oh yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah. I love no, looking actually, at. Weird we went to a bunch of statues like and applied a copper patina to most of oh. them. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, you peed on you peed on a lot of uh, sheet metal to, to age it. You, uh, yeah, okay. It's fun. It's fun going to antique stores because, like, you go there with a girl. You're basically interested in all of the things that she's not interested in, and vice versa, right? And So it's like, oh, look at this license plate. That right? That's great. Uh, that's something that we would both be interested in. Actually.
0: We there was there were large sections of these stores that were devoted to like games and stuff, but they were like stuff from the '80s, and I was like, Jesus, are is this the stuff that is like considered antiques now? Because I don't know that like old Star Wars action figures and Transformers and stuff should really count as antiques. I, I believe
1: technically creepy. they're not antiques yet, but they are now vintage. Okay.
0: Yeah, but I mean, in the
2: so when you were born, stuff from the fifties seemed pretty fucking old, right? right? And you wouldn't have thought you wouldn't have thought it was weird to see that in a store full of old
0: stuff. I mean, when I was born, I wouldn't have thought anything was weird because everything <laughs> was so
2: strange. Well, right. I mean, I guess right when you were born, you probably couldn't think by sure. any reasonable definition of thinking, right? I mean, I know I don't want to get into Peter Singer territory here, but I don't think babies are really alive.
0: <laughs> I you were about to say I don't think babies are real.
2: <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, did you did you see anything interesting in the in the an, in in the antiquing? I, I will
0: sometimes I will sometimes acquire some dice when mm-hmm. I go to an antique oh. store. Um. There were a large number of coins and stuff like not stuff that I would actually buy, but it was neat to see like all the old. Fifty or hundred year old sort of designs on U.S. coins and that kind of thing. And
1: the so last time I went to an antique store, I came back with a uh, an old school uh, like black rotary telephone and a uh, a tin can that was like a like a display only tin can. It had never actually had vegetables inside it, but okay. the label was for telephone peas.
0: <laughs> okay. There was a there was a sign that was like bake, this is just... bake your dinner in pet milk, and I was wow! like, "Wow, what?" <laughs> I guess it was pet brand milk, right? But like, oh, I was like, okay, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, just uh, non differentiated uh, pet milk. Sure. Yeah, All I have could is a pet
2: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh man, man, that tel- telephone peas sounds. That's like a. Uh, that's like. Tori Amos's character in The Sandman—it's <laughs> like something, <laughs> something that Delirium would offer you for dinner as a yeah. nice heated up can of telephone peas. Yep. Uh, there, there are often like there are great advertisements. Like you can sometimes find some like mm. real serious casual racism, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just right? on on sort of like tin type signs, and then yeah. Um, so that's always fun. Ah uh, <laughs> oh, fuck what. I also kind of, like, I am slowly accumulating a collection of glass bottles that look like maybe potions would be Uh, in them, and so so that's a thing that you find sometimes. From a
0: distance, I was like, oh, wow, there's a whole section of, like, cool blue glass bottles. I'll go over and check that out. And I went over, and it turned out that it wasn't antique stuff at all. It was just, like, a... Like a little shelf full of like fragrances and oils and stuff like that that you could buy or, and spray on. Things. Oh, and yeah, I was like ah, lamb. so they're
2: deliberately old, yeah. yeah. I
0: although I have so I have some
2: bottles that were my grandma because this was a weird thing. I found out after I started doing it that my grandmother also enjoyed collecting little glass bottles. Huh. I don't think that she did it because she wanted her house to be a cool wizard house. <laughs> I think she probably just. I don't know why. <laughs> um, she was a big fan of the Avon bottles, which were, I mean, they were like the Hummel figurines of glass bottles, right? Like, mm. they were they were themed, like, this bottle, this perfume comes in a train, or whatever. This is a chest night, okay. or whatever. And, and, like, those are, those are whatever. They all had, like, giant molded plastic lids, which I, mm. that's not, like, if it's, if you can't put a cork in it, yeah. you can't put a potion in it. Yep. That's, what,
0: what if you can put a bird on it?
2: That's the rule. You could. You can put a bird on basically anything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Oh, man. You know what would be great is a potion bottle that had a special little thing jutting out of it for a raven to sit on. Ooh. That would be, like, the wizardest possible thing.
1: The raven could use it to carry the potion to you when you needed it. it
2: could, yeah. You could be like... uh, Azrael, my potion. And you'd snap your fingers. And because you have split Azrael's tongue, he will say, right away, boss. You've trained him to call you boss. Even though he, like a baby, is not actually alive. And so his words don't
0: mean anything.
1: Nobody knows what birds really are anyway.
0: Yeah. I thought they were baby dinosaurs. Isn't that how that works? But then when they get old... Then they grow into full fledged dinosaurs, which is why everyone kills every bird they see.
2: Oh, they molt. Oh, they leave their okay. entire bodies. Oh, so you're saying that no birds ever die of natural causes because Correct. if they did, there would be dead dinosaurs laying around.
0: Yeah, okay. I mean, like, pheasant season is actually like a preservation. Oh, oh right. No. So, yeah, it's okay. like, like
2: the, the, it's the, the preemptive the, defense. Yeah, there's an yeah. organization known as the Crimson Guard who uh, <laughs> right. you have to, you know, like, you get in because your grandpa was in it. Not your dad. That's the weird thing. It, it, it skips. skips generations. Huh. But sometimes you get you get a wax-sealed scroll that is your invitation to the Crimson Guard. And it's like, oh, I get it now. So this is like the realization that you have on acid. Wait a minute. Birds never actually die. They are all murdered. <laughs> right. So I, <laughs> fuck, man. I have really not been doing my job. I need to kill more birds. Huh? Right. All right. First thing tomorrow,
0: I am buying a gun. <laughs>
1: Ah, huh, there's some there's some pretty good world building going well, I mean, on
0: here. Why don't you why do, why do you think that most people spend all their time in parks pigeoning pigeoning. poisoning pigeons pigeon pigeon poisoning pigeonholing poisons?
2: Does anybody except uh, Doctor Demento do that? He see. <laughs> He always wanted to be, that was the, the thing that drove him mad. The thing that demented him is that he found out about the Crimson Guard, but he wasn't allowed in. Oh, <laughs> oh right, because his, his, his grandpa had wasn't in. had not been in it, yeah. <clears throat> Man, That's I wonder off my grandpa, my grandpa, I have only ever known my grandfather to slay a possum. Hmm. Okay. Um, what about cows? Oh, okay. Are cows birds? <laughs>
0: yeah, cows are baby birds. <laughs> Their heads are shaped kind of the same.
2: Um, I know that one of the most delicious parts of the cow is its beak. <laughs> and uh, we would often have a roast cow talon. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, the butcher's mm. beak. The butcher's beak is a... Uh, well, when you a go to man. Buffalo Wild Wings, there's right. that. Oh, buffalo. Okay. With, yeah, so right. that's, yeah. yeah. V- all their vestigial or uh, not yet, not yet developed wings. I so any,
2: and, I mean, statistically, we probably have at least four or five listeners who are members of the Crimson Guard. I know, oh, yeah, I know you're not allowed to, uh, to, to 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 tell the secrets of your order, but we won't tell anyone. Like, we especially wouldn't like read them on the air. If you <laughs> if you did send us a listener mail about, you know, say the secret initiation rituals of the Crimson Guard or that you guys like you must have deals. With landowners in various places because, like, there is no place in New York City, for instance, that is the Crimson Guard building, but there are a lot of pigeons that have to be killed. Yeah, yeah, in sure. New York I mean, City.
0: hummingbird poison to be sold. Uh... Oh, okay. They're not feeders, they're poisoners. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. fuck, man. Yeah. And I, so You've totally I, been
1: misfilling your I hummingbird am poisoner. unwittingly working as an problem. enemy
2: of the Crimson Guard. <laughs> exactly. No wonder. You know, I did notice the last time we were at uh, we were at Rosamunda's and I was I was trying to get rid of that pigeon by throwing french fries at it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that
1: seems like that probably wouldn't work.
2: Well, so the pigeon, I think I told this story on the podcast, but the pigeon kept getting in the way of some motion sensor and making it Emit a really annoying shrill buzz, which and was so supposed we to just, drive
0: it away, but didn't. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah.
2: It was just like <laughs> he just didn't care. And so I started. I was like, oh well, maybe if I throw food to him, he will know this isn't a place he should be. <laughs> and <laughs> I think that that's impeccable. That antagonism towards the pigeon initially drew the attention of the Crimson Guard because I saw right. a man in a cloak looking at me. <laughs> um, it might have just been a crazy homeless guy.
0: What What is the phrase "cloak and dagger"? from is that from well it's from that debney
1: coleman movie
0: i remember buying a comic
2: uh that was cloak and dagger because i thought it had something to do with the movie but it didn't it was just some superheroes and didn't care at all Uh, that was a pretty good movie it had the kid from uh, et and atari yeah there was an atari game there were some there was some pen and paper role-playing game happening Mm. in the beginning there was a there was a fat nerd who understood some secrets and then got murdered by the <laughs> Crimson Guard.
0: I'm going to add that to my uh, Netflix queue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. A long time since I've seen that. Uh, has it been
2: a long time since you guys played any video games?
0: Mm, not all
1: that
2: long. <laughs> How long has it been and what did you play, Riff?
1: Um, I have not actually played much this week besides... Animal Crossing, which is puzzling oh, because Christ. Animal Crossing is a game you can only really play for about half an hour or 45 minutes a day. So I don't know what else I've been doing with all the time. I have must have just, just been, been reloading Twitter over and over Playing and over.
2: it on multiple 3DSs? No. It's a just, 3DS game, right? Yeah,
1: I only have one. But I did play one other thing this week. Um, I played... Uh, I, I forget what... Um, motivated me to do this but i went and looked up uh sherlock holmes games on steam and the company that the the main company that does sherlock holmes games now they had like their newest one for like 30 bucks and the bundle of like all their other ones which is like five or six games for another 30 bucks so Mm -hmm. i i got the multi-pack one and that had a game in it uh sherlock holmes the Awakening, I think it's called, which is essentially Sherlock Holmes versus Cthulhu. Oh whoa. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's it's a sort of uh well you get to choose if you want to do it in first person or third person perspective. But it's mainly it's like a point and click adventure, basically. It's it's just investigation. But it's your Sherlock Holmes and you're investigating this Cthulhu cult. Uh, I haven't gotten very far in it because after I played about two hours, uh, it crashed on me, and that uh, was when that was when I discovered that it was not auto-saving.
0: autosaving.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I have not yet gone back to uh, to get back to where I was.
2: That's less of a big deal in an adventure game,
0: right? Yeah, I you mean, just go, since like, I know you, you what has probably to be done, get to where you were in
1: yeah, ten
2: minutes. Yeah,
0: probably. Do you not feel compelled to go through the conversation trees that you went through the first time, and and just in case that was setting some sort of flags for later? It it really
1: it really hasn't had any conversation trees uh, so far. All all the um, all the action is in there's like just you go from not necessarily crime scene but important location to important location, and once you have found. All the clues that can be that are available at this location, then you go back to two twenty one B Baker Street and run the the objects you found through the microscope and the chemistry apparatus to discover more evidence, and that leads you to the next crime scene. Basically, was that? Do you uh, think, do you think a that two
2: twenty one B, the medical droid on Hoth, <laughs> was named after two twenty one B?
1: Oh, I,
0: I didn't know that it was named that. Huh. <laughs> it was. Was like uh, a microscope, part of the original Sherlock Holmes adventures? Like, was that a, a tool that he used, or was it all just sort of deduction through regular he, he senses was, and perception?
1: Uh, he was. No, he does into. He knew a lot about chemistry and so on. Huh, definitely.
0: Okay, I didn't. I've not actually read much Sherlock Holmes at all. So I read the. Oh, Hound you of should.
2: The, I read the Hound of the Baskervilles. In English
0: class, my freshman year of high school, and I think that was it. Hmm. I read *Tess of de Ubervilles Is that the same <laughs> thing? Is that a sequel?
1: They're all definitely worth uh, worth reading. The new BBC series is really good too. Although I think I talked about that already on this show. I mm. think you did, yeah. But yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty much all I did. Did you ever
2: play *Call of Cthulhu: Dark Corners of the Earth*? No, but I watched it all in a Let's Play. Ah, uh, okay. I think that's maybe the way to do it. I I bought yeah. it when it was contemporary and I got to the incredibly difficult chase scene, Mm -hmm. and I have started it five or six times since then, Hmm. gotten to that point, and gotten frustrated with it and given up. It seems like that is really the
1: best, Part of the game, and it, it was after, great. Yeah, it, after I mean, that, it was, it's I had it never been really samey.
2: I had never been as scared. Yeah, I, I'd never felt as much tension in a video game as I did during that sequence. But it was also and just, just
1: plus just all the stuff leading up to it, where there's there's no combat or anything. You're just walking around and talking to people, and everything's really weird. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, after that, it it basically turns into just a pretty typical
2: FPS. No, uh, that sucks. Yeah.
1: Mm. Although Jagger Hoover is in it,
0: which oh, is kind right. of interesting. What have you been playing, Zach?
2: Uh I, for whatever reason, this weekend decided that a good use of my time would be to play f- like twelve or fourteen hours of Oblivion.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah, because that's I, that's odd. Because you you beat it the first time in four hours.
2: I did, so. and and I and I <laughs> because I didn't know how to play it like I had
1: this is the one that came before yeah this
2: was just the Elder Scrolls 4 right I it is it is kind of astonishing to me that just like having played Fallout 3 and having gained an understanding of how a Bethesda game works going back to Oblivion it was just 100% different Hmm. as an experience like in when I first played Oblivion, I had no idea how those games worked. I had no idea what like, and I mean, I guess really there had only been Morrowind at that point, right? Like mm-hmm. the previous Elder Scrolls games I think Morrowind was like their sort of big one that everybody played right? Because the previous ones were not across multiple platforms and they were not nearly as like it was sort of hard to move around and stuff in mm-hmm. that Ultima Underworld kind of way where um. it's like before they sort of figured out how to let you move around a 3D space and interact with stuff. But I bought it when it came out because, like, my girlfriend at the time was really excited about it, having played a bunch of Morrowind, and she just loved it, got super into it, and I I bought it, I started a character, I did all of the things that the screen told me to do, and then the game was over, like, four or five hours later. Huh. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, the, it... So one thing that it does that I don't think Skyrim does is as soon as you emerge onto the world map of Oblivion, you have fast travel destinations in every city on the map.
0: Oh, right.
2: And so it's like you need to travel to Kvatch to, to do the Or it was the first one Bruma or whatever. Like you need to go mm-hmm. find this guy. It's like, all right, well, where's Bruma? And you open the map, and it's like, oh, Bruma is this thing. And I'll click on it, and then I'll be there. And then you're just there, and there's no. So not
1: only have you not taken the time to get there, you haven't discovered any side quests. Yeah,
2: you haven't. Yeah, you haven't. Like it, the game doesn't ever really tell you. And I mean, part of it is, I mean, I'm playing this many patches later, uh, but part of it, like you know, you come out of the thing, and it's like, hey, you can either go do the quest or you can just wander around. We don't fucking care. And so that's interesting, right? Like, they tell you, like, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have to do the quest. To a certain extent, it's not their job to <laughs> tell you how to play the game, I suppose. But,
0: like, but I having, did not... Having, immediately having fast travel prevents you from feeling like the place is a world, potentially. Uh,
2: yeah, I feel like that is 100% true. Yeah. B- because, like, the gameplay loop of those games is see an undiscovered point of interest on your HUD... Yeah. Right. Follow (laughs) the compass to it to see what is there. Right. And then find the game, right? Like, find the million things that aren't the main quest that make this game what it is. Mm -hmm. And it, like, Fallout 3 sort of forces you to do that, right? You cannot fast travel to Megaton. Yeah. And you cannot get to Megaton. I mean, I guess you could get to Megaton without discovering any other landmarks. But you don't, yeah. by and large. Like, you're going to go to that elementary school, or you're going to yeah. go to one of the places that's full of super mutants where you get killed or whatever. <laughs> the, it bothered me a lot, in theory, the scaling. I mean, this is just a thing that everybody complained about, yeah. about Oblivion. And, like, Oblivion. so many of the mods are centered around making it not like that. And I think they really perfected that in Fallout 3 mm-hmm. because it definitely felt like, all right, well these things are an appropriate level. Like, these mole rats are an appropriate level of challenge for a while, yeah. right? And, like, the fifth one you find is maybe harder than the first one you find because you're a little stronger. But eventually it gets to the point where, ah, oh, mole rat, no problem. And yeah. that's fine, right? As opposed to, oh, fuck, it's like a dire mole rat. Whatever.
1: I remember uh, our friend Dave telling us the story about when he was playing Oblivion for the first time and uh, he, he did not realize that leveling up happened when you sleep yeah oh right so he was just spending hours and hours and hours not finding anything to kill except like river crabs and then slept in a
0: bed and gained 12 levels yeah (laughs)
2: that is a little weird
0: when you level in skyrim it it sort of takes you up to this sort of
2: yeah it, it it like it flips into a modal when yeah. you when yeah. you level right, like it, you you can't do anything until you pick where to spend your perks. Or yeah, whatever.
0: Skyrim. I never I never encountered any enemies in Skyrim that were too hard for me level wise. In part, I think because I was being so conscientious about like getting every possible drop of. Experience and mm-hmm. what I whatever I could from yeah. each level. There,
2: I found definitely that like there were there were. I would go into a dungeon and I would be able to kill everything, and then the boss would be yeah. really really hard because the boss is always the next tier of yeah, you know right. like they like there you were go always, into a, you go into a level beatable, that's beatable, like,
1: but you had to
2: draugr scrubs, and then the yeah. boss is a regular draugr, and then like once you're level six and you go in there, it's draugr, and then the boss is like a draugr. Or, or some
1: guy with some strange magic that you haven't had to deal with yet, so you don't know what the strategy is. Right.
2: I'm I'm playing Oblivion like just exclusively mage, and because I, that's a thing that I never do. Like I'm right. always just like sword and shield guy. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. fucking hard. Like it's
0: and and you're I such a glass cannon kind of yeah. Thing, and right?
2: part of it is that I haven't like I haven't really spec'd anything for for. AOE. The magic system in Oblivion, I I could really understand why people complain about how simple the magic system in Skyrim is. Hmm. Because Oblivion is fucking crazy. There are hundreds of spells.
0: Wow. Hmm.
2: And hmm. they are and so there there are hundreds of spells. A lot of them are are just multiple tiers of the same like there's the apprentice fireball and then the journeyman fireball and then the you know the master fireball or whatever. But There are, like, spells to temporarily boost every stat. There are spells to drain every stat. There are spells to steal every stat. Hmm. Right? So you can, like, you know, whatever. There's Uh. increase your carrying capacity, breathe underwater, do different elements of damage, you know, whatever. Unlock things. Which, I don't remember there being any unlocking stuff spells in Skyrim. Maybe there were. Um, But then you can make your own spells, Which are just, they just cost gold to make a spell, but they, like, basically took the system that they used on the back end for designing spells and just opened it up to you. The same way that they, like, the system for, like, budgeting items they use to let you enchant items, right? Like, And so, there's, like, one thing is, like, well, you're going to need to start filling soul gems, so here's the trick. You make a spell that is just a touch range, because that makes it way cheaper, That does fire damage over time for 16 seconds and soul trap for 15 seconds. So you always know that if that spell kills the thing, I think the I meant the opposite. 15 and 16. But that if that spell, like you just you hit that you hit a guy with that spell and then walk away and don't do any other damage to him. And so you know that it will kill him while the soul trap is still in effect. Right? Because that soul trap is like.
1: It,
2: that's a sort of a tedious thing that you had, used to have to do as a World of Warcraft warlock, right? Where it's like, you need to be channeling <laughs> yeah. the spell as the monster dies yeah. right? to to trap the this, this soul. But it's like, yeah, here's a trick for doing that in a way that can't fail, right? And it's like, you know, you can also make a projectile version of it if you want to spend more gold on it or want to spend more mana to cast it or whatever. And it's just, it's, I think a lot of it probably, if it was an MMO, it would be super broken because it would boil down to like, there is only one best way to yeah. do this, right? Yeah. There's only one most mana efficient way to do this, but it's just, it's it's neat to play with that and, like, yeah, just discover d- totally a weird thing. And, I mean, you could just could make... Could
0: you make a single uber spell that was, like, all possible buffs all at the same time kind of thing?
2: I don't know. I don't know if there's a limit to how many you know i don't know if like i mean what i would do if i were designing that system is the more stuff a spell did the cost Cost would increase exponentially. exponentially yeah sure like and so that's you know like you might be able to do that like a super high level wizard could cast one spell that was all of the low level buffs at once but yeah i don't know You know, I mean, it it seems like playing a mage, you need to mess with more of that stuff because I'm just, like, constantly running out of mana, so I'm like, Mm -hmm. eh, well, I guess I'll start leveling up some kind of melee skill because otherwise it's just, like, train everything back to the guards or (laughs) die every time. It's also a little, the way that leveling works, it is not like, well, it is similar to Skyrim, but you pick a class and then that determines what your, like, tag skills are, Mm -hmm. and you level up based on skilling up in those skills Hmm. so i remember the first time i played i did just like a fighter and so athletics and acrobatics were tag skills for him so he would level up just by running right because you run and athletics increases which makes you move faster because you just like you you level up skills by using them which as much sense as that makes, I kind of feel like, in practice, that is a sort of a fundamentally broken way well, of handling that kind of thing. And I mean, so
1: long as there's diminishing returns, like, that's, that's also how leveling up, or, or rather, skilling up, because it didn't really have levels, I don't think, worked in uh, at least previous versions of... The Call of Cthulhu pen and paper role playing game was that every time you successfully used a skill, or I guess failed at using a skill, but in interestingly interesting enough way that the GM decided to count it, well, right. then if, you got to roll against
2: if if there is a an skill and if you got under, who is trying to create an interesting experience for you, then you don't have to worry about the math working out right the the weird thing about this is like so you level up your destruction magic mm-hmm. because mostly what you do in this game is fucking kill stuff <laughs> right and so you have to figure out a way like all right well you get so many skill points you know so much skill experience in this by dealing damage to monsters with these spells so then let's say that you are a you are a wizard that is focusing on those and then like healing magic mm-hmm at what rate do you gain healing experience from casting healing spells do you let the guy level up if he's healing himself at full hit points right like i mm-hmm. not because like i i immediately stopped myself from doing this but i just like part of the dlc in the like game of the year edition was just this super sweet ass wizard tower so i was like yeah i'm going to be a wizard cuz This tower is obviously meant for that. And I just hung out in the tower just summoning skeletons because every five or six skeletons that I summoned would give me a point of conjuration because that's the thing you don't do all that often, right? Like, you cast 100 fireballs in the amount of time that it takes your skeleton that you summoned a minute ago to expire. So you can see why they did it that way, right? Well, well, summoning a skeleton needs to give you 100 times as much experience as casting a fireball because that's how you're going to be doing it in this... Imaginary, like, player who's not trying to exploit this system
0: (laughs) way. I remember in
1: Skyrim, I spent uh, a couple of hours at one point just found, like, the best shield I could find and found a random bandit and just let it hammer on my shield until I'd completely leveled
0: my shield skill. Yeah. I mean, do you. With the summoning thing, I feel like Skyrim dealt with that by. Most skills don't level unless you're in combat or about to be in combat or something, right? Like
2: Yeah, I mean some of this could have been lessons that they learned to make mm-hmm. it less goofy in Skyrim. Although Skyrim you level no you didn't ever pick a class in right. Skyrim, right? You leveled right. up no matter what skills were increasing and so that's fine, True. right? You're just gonna be better at the stuff that you're doing. Mm-hmm. But sure. but in this it's like, well,
0: was, oh, it, so was it not actual specific classes? Yeah,
2: yeah. You pick a class, okay. and then that determines which like five or six skills are the ones that level you up. Was it, but, was there no like
1: diminishing returns? Like, did, or was it always five skeletons gave you a point? Or no, it, there it were there up?
2: were diminishing returns. Okay. But then you were like way better off. Like, all right, which of my tag skills have I not been using much of? Now mm-hmm. I'll just hold down the key to cast the lowest level spell of that over and over again. And so then 10 minutes later in game time, which is like 30 seconds later in real time. Oh, I've leveled up like just because I cast a shield spell on myself 30 times. Mm -hmm. Now I'm one higher level. And it because of the scaling leveling only matters because like, the higher level you are, the cooler stuff you find, right? Like <laughs> right. if you are level one and right. you open a chest, you're going to get a lockpick and three gold. If you're level nine and you open a chest, you're going to get a soul gem and four repair hammers and eight lock picks and thirty gold. Yeah, and it's like, ugh. Oh,
1: that was that was something that I really liked that they changed for Fallout and for uh, Skyrim was that, I mean there was. Chests. There were random loot chests, but there was also placed loot, and similarly, I feel for for monsters, or at least they they scaled within groups. Yeah, and, and no, I mean I think they really so they've really scaled it. You now. had the option of like, if you found the the cave that was meant for high level characters, and you were a low level rogue, you could potentially still. Sneak in and sneak out and come out with gear that you weren't supposed to have for several levels yet, and that's awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I it didn't stand out to me. The scaling, I, I understand now, looking back on my experience of playing Skyrim, how it worked, mm-hmm. and how, like, when the DLC got added... It added a new tier of every monster, right? Because oh, that's the version of the skeleton that is these levels or whatever. I and mean, that was more in Fallout than 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 in. Uh, yeah. I don't think I ever played any of the Skyrim DLC, but um, yeah. I don't know. Going back in and seeing that, like, oh, this was a full this was a full on Bethesda game. Like, it's like I've discovered a new Skyrim that just came out.
0: <laughs> Interesting.
2: <laughs> and it's exciting. Although, I kind of want to start over and just do a melee character because <laughs> it's
0: so much easier. Like, I love playing wizards. I mean, I my primary character in Skyrim is like a archer wizard.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's more interesting. It's, ju- it's just that, like, all right, well, I run in here and, like, my primary attack, instead of being able to just do it indefinitely, like swinging a sword, I can do it five times and then I have to run away. I
1: think it's funny that you like fighters and kevin likes wizards and i like rogues yeah we've we've got a nice division we just need a cleric
0: <laughs> i
2: also uh i uh i didn't realize that i was doing this just to prove a point but i played uh i played cyber queen which was another twine game by mm-hmm. porpentine and uh totally features a cutting off a dick scene
0: are you <laughs> sure that it's that's what's happening. Yeah,
2: it no, it 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 explicitly explicit. describes a man going into a machine, which then neatly slices off his genitals. Huh? Neatly? Okay. Yes, oh, it good. says that. It neatly slices off his genitals. Good. It is. It's. <clears throat> it's evocative. She's she's good at she's good at words. It's. Uh, I, I I recommend. You know, it, it'll take you fifteen minutes to hmm. play all of. And it, you know, again, it's like. If you are the kind of person who's like a Twine game is not a game, then you're gonna think this is not a game. But you know what? Maybe you would enjoy it anyway. Well, but
0: it's interactive fiction yeah. of some kind, right? Like yeah, I yeah. I mean
1: just just because. I, I mean, I think I think, a, I British think British a lot of interactive media does not count as games, but that doesn't mean that interactive media is not still cool. Yeah, you know.
2: Yeah, it's um. It reminded me a little bit of that uh reset game that i talked about which was i think the first twine game that i ever encountered it was just linked to on metafilter there was it was like a weird like <sighs> what do you think it is about twine that draws in somebody who is say going to write a video game about how into like a bdsm scene they are interesting what like what it's Easy to is make? it just that that's what I mean, well, uh, well, so are you saying that people who are people who are queer or transgendered or into freaky <laughs> sex stuff are stupid and so they can only make twine games because twine is easy enough for their tiny little intellect? No,
1: I think is that, that what you were
2: implying riff?
1: I think that someone who is familiar with programming is more likely to make something based on a more complicated engine. And someone who is not is more likely to find an engine that's simple and easy to use that they don't have to spend a lot of time learning.
2: Well, right. So what I'm saying is what is it about what is it about this sort of like. I don't I don't even know a good way to describe this. I mean, it's possible that there are a bunch of Twine games that are just about hitting goblins with swords and getting new amulets. Yeah, that's
1: that's what I mean. It's it's that. That that particular group is just a subset of everybody and has the same proportion of coders to non-coders as the group of all people,
2: you know? Okay. But That's I mean It's just, guess, mean, anyway. it's just it, it has been my experience that every Twine game I have played has had some weird sex stuff going
0: on in it. Hmm. Right. And I every, mean, maybe every Twine game. Well, not the one that you made. I guess <laughs> no, but I mean, like, although there you... was
2: that scene where I was pretty sure you were instructing me to cut off my own dick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> did you not do the the two player twine game? No,
2: I haven't gotten around to it.
0: I feel like there. I played a bunch of the. I feel like I played a bunch of the twine games that Porpentine recommended. Porpentine uh, recommended, and I don't feel like most of them had weird sex stuff going on. Okay. But I could be wrong. Maybe well, just, Cyber Queen definitely has weird
2: that. sex stuff going on. Okay. And weird <clears throat> AI. I mean, it's very, it's very like it, it's very Showdan. In in the list of influences, Showdan is listed like twelve times. Okay. Um. Anyway, it's neat, but it's very sexually explicit, and there's a dick severing scene. <laughs> okay. I'm beginning to think dick that severing I am beginning to think that this is a thematic undercurrent. Sure. And that That's you guys are assholes possible. for thinking that I'm wrong about that being Anything. what that part of Howling Dogs was about.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. Even even like I'm I'm trying to be generous there and I just I don't know. It's 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 possible, but it's also it didn't quite fit with the text. So it was it was ambiguous enough that I was not comfortable making that uh You know what else didn't system. quite
2: fit with the text? A penis. That's why it had to be cut off. <laughs> Yeah. This game does not make you click to cut off the penis. This is not... Uh, God damn it. Kevin, you have to play The Walking Dead so that we can fucking talk it's, about The Walking Dead on this
0: podcast. It is the yeah, next game on my list. I need list. to finish have, that, too. <clears throat> I, I have forgetting. purchased it for Melissa so that the two of us can play it uh, simultaneously and talk about it. It's it's the first game that I plan on playing uh, mm-hmm. in San Francisco. Are you going
2: to play it together,
0: not like together together but like
2: yeah that would com- be contem- that would be frustrating
0: i your your
2: girlfriend said something during an episode of video games taco that made me kind of mad and i oh, wanted yeah. i wanted her to play this game so that i can confront her about how wrong she was interesting mm-hmm. okay um no i like th- this uh, it's not spoiling anything to say but it it was it was emily expressing frustration that she was panicking about a decision that the game was forcing her to make Mm -hmm. and she asked me what do i do here and i said decide like there isn't an answer like you i can't answer that question like there Mm -hmm. there is no answer you have to make up your mind about which thing you're going to do like that's what you have to do there is decide and does the
0: grandma die or does the baby die? And she and, and,
2: and she was frustrated with that. And Melissa said something about, like, oh, how typical of a man. Like, he is trying to get you to play it the way that he wants it to be played rather than the way. And I'm like, no, no, no. You just you don't understand. Like, that's. Th- I
0: mean, there's there isn't an answer yeah. to the question well, that
2: you just asked me
0: what if the answer is to walk away what if the only way to win is not to play zach
2: okay yeah then
1: well i mean that
0: then is, that's still that means like turning still, the game off you still I mean, but you still have to still
2: decide have to, if
1: you're gonna play the game you have to, to pick to, one or the to other to do that yeah. but i
2: mean the frustration was why won't you answer this question and the reason was because there the point of every question that that game asks you is that there isn't a fucking answer to it. Mm. And I can't... Like, it would be like such a douchey college professor move to explain that.
0: (laughs) When you played Ultima 4 and you were making your character and that sort of prelude thing, did you feel like those questions had answers or do you feel like you were being forced to make decisions that were equally difficult to decide between
2: well I felt like I felt like that was a personality test yeah that mm. was gonna determine that was that was trying to determine based on what your natural inclinations were what char- character what char- yeah what character's set of morals was gonna be the most compatible with what you were gonna do but yeah I mean I like it clearly see like it was not like do you rescue the kitten or rape the kitten to death, right? It wasn't like yeah. the it wasn't the Knights of the Old Republic
1: <laughs> dichotomy
2: or the 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 Bioshock yeah. morals, right? It was like, uh, eh, okay. Like, all of these things are I mean, they're sort of like choosing a D
0: alignment right like have you guys seen any of the any of the coverage of watchdogs at all any of the like trailers or anything no no
1: i've seen it mentioned but i didn't dig into it
0: <clears throat> i'm kind of I, I hadn't seen much of it before today but i like looked into it a little bit and i'm kind of excited about it it seems very much like a grand theft auto style game but the protagonist is a hacker who has hacked into sort of like the citywide network so can like access ATMs and traffic lights and elevators and everyone's cell phones and like security cameras and stuff like that. And so it's, you you still get in cars and you still drive around and you still shoot things, but there is this other layer of like having access to all the electronics around you to do interesting things Hmm. that seems, it seems like it could be extremely compelling. Um, And the way that they describe it at least is that, you know, you can become either sort of a hero of the city or, like, a reviled criminal of the city based on the decisions that you make in dealing with the particular, like, you know, quests or, or moral decisions or whatever they... how I don't know how they go. going oh, to... So
2: all of, the, all of the moral decisions are, like, Batman versus uh, Morgan Freeman? I have no Right, idea. where, like, okay, well, we have this technology. Is it okay to use it or not? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I mean, that's do I know. You,
1: yeah. That's do you hack into the bank and pay off the orphanage's loan, <laughs> right. or do you right. steal the orphanage's entire account?
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know how. I mean, you know, this is it's it's not going to be out for another six or eight months or whatever. But uh, it seems like it's going to be it's pretty interesting.
2: But I mean, I feel like Ultima Ultima tried to create these situations where it's like, well do I believe that the truth is important no matter what? Or do I believe that maintaining order is more important than the truth? Right. right? Mm-hmm. Or like, and I like,
0: is I like my, that question. Yeah. Is, that's, that is, that's a really difficult moral conundrum. Right. Like,
2: is my sense of honor more important than my family? Yep. Like that, that kind of thing. Right. Like, yeah. but, and you can't like, you know, they, they never really laid anything out as black and white as, most of what you get for moral choices in games, right? right. But yeah, I mean that's, like I remember describing this, like the way that StarCraft 2 makes it so there are these decision points and it alters the story to make whatever decision you make the right thing to do. Like The Walking Dead just alters the story to make everything you do the (laughs) most horrible (laughs) possible outcome, right? And that's fucking great. Yeah. Like, But yeah, it's... uh, the idea of playing it alongside someone is
0: weird. I like I liked uh, hearing them talk about how when they released, you know, episode two or three or whatever, they were watching. They had like sort of real time reporting of of the different decisions that people made, and them sort of freaking out a little bit about like decision tree branches that just no one was choosing because like, oh, shit, did we, like, make it impossible to actually get to this tree? Like, did we script the code or something like that? Yeah. And then, like, you know, finally somebody does it. And because it's, they have a breakdown of, like, you know, sometimes, it's, you know, like, only 5% of people ever get to this particular point or whatever. Um, yeah, and then it got
2: to be, like, this weird sort of calculus of, like, how much development time and money right. do we spend on each of these branches hmm. given the number of people? And, you know, the, like, sort of trying not to... Not to think like, about Like no, because yeah. those those five percent deserve the same quality of stuff. Right.
1: And then didn't they didn't they start adjusting things that to try and get it so that people would choose closer to fifty percent. Well, I think their goal their
2: goal on all of them was for them to be fifty. Like yeah. they felt they felt like the ones that were close to 50-50 were the ones that they had done a good job of right. creating a like a, a situation where it was genuinely like, difficult, ambiguous, to yeah. right? Yeah. And then there's just this weird thing where, like, well, I can't, I can't fucking talk about it because Kevin hasn't played it. Kevin, mm. play <laughs> this game. Yes, um, yes, yes. All right. Well, what have is you? Is the what new have,
1: episode to that out
2: yet? Uh, I
0: don't think so. Okay. Like season two. Well, well there is there is a little in interim. There's a bridge between Omega. season yeah. one and
2: season two. Yeah. I see. Which is apparently they were talking about it on the most recent Idol Thumbs. Like, apparently it is. Sort of designed to be replayable in a way that they sort of didn't want you to, hmm. like they wanted your first playthrough of season one to kind of be what the it was movie. for you, mm-hmm. yeah. and just to not to not mess with that. But the, this this new one is not not so much like that.
1: The bridge it's, isn't, or season two isn't,
2: isn't. The bridge, okay. I don't know what damn nobody said anything about season two yet. Okay. What have you been playing, Kevin?
0: Um, nothing new. Uh, I have been I sort of fell back into letterpress and have been hitting that a little little hard it's it is such a fucking good game and I need to like I need to stop playing it again because it's it's a thing that I just sort of sit down and pull up my phone and I just want to play it and because nobody has responded to the games where it's not my turn I'm like well I guess I could just start a new game (laughs) you know and like that gets out of hand pretty quick um, and then i continued I, f- I finished gunpoint, which I really enjoyed. It was longer than you said, I think there were twenty some missions in there, so I don't know if there's some way to 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 end it early or if you just were underestimating the amount of content it it had
2: yeah, maybe I was um somebody uh somebody sent a tweet to that guy. About how we talked about his game on our episode, and he said, "I'll listen to it," and I was like, "Ah, fuck."
0: <laughs> I don't remember. I honestly don't remember what what we said about yeah. it. No, good,
2: but I don't. I mean, the problem is I don't remember maybe what I said about the Jews elsewhere in that episode, <laughs> or whatever else you know. Like I, ba- basically, I never want anyone
0: to listen to anything to you said.
2: consume any of what I produce ever. Like I just I like
0: because someone somewhere will find it offensive oh yeah absolutely Exactly. Uh, what else did i do i I played more badland uh i'm trying to like 100 that which is getting more and more frustrating as i get to the harder and harder missions to accomplish um yeah that's about it i've just been sort of like continuing to play a lot of the games that i that i had been playing before You guys played some Badland, but you guys didn't get into it.
2: I no, I haven't played it anymore since uh, since last week when, when when you you asked me about it. Badland. What have I? Uh, let me look at my let me look at my ass folder. I made a folder called Ass because okay. it was the three games that we did as an assignment when that one week when we did the three iOS games as assignments,
0: like, mm-hmm. like Bad Piggies and Kumo Lumo and
2: Dungeon
0: some sort of thruster match three
2: yeah, or whatever that was uh yeah so now all of my new games just go into a folder called ass okay Uh, (laughs) so it looks like i haven't bought anything since badland except agricola Hmm. oh right Um,
0: have you have you had a chance to play that yet
2: i have yeah i've played i've played uh a entire game of it it is is
0: it you versus the computer or you versus uh it is i i just
2: played a one-player game okay which you can do um I don't know if it obeys the typical solitaire rules. I think it does. Like, there is a solitaire variant of Agricola in the box where your family just requires more food, and you're just playing for score. Um, oh, interesting. It is. The interface is really bad. Really. Yeah. I, it. Well, I've
0: heard the opposite.
2: The, the thing is, it's not, it's not. It's not. It's not objectively bad. It is just there is like, there is the town region of the board where there you start out with like, oh, like, like ten things that you can do,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and you have to, in order to find those ten things, those ten places where you can place a worker, you're scrolling all around a big drawn village. Weird. With different things, as opposed to they're just like, I just want there to be a mode where there is just a menu hmm. where I can click on this so that I can look at all of these things at the same time. That is weird. And yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's pretty to the point of being way less usable than it would be if it were more austere.
0: Is it maybe designed for iPad and you're it kind is, of getting the short It
2: short is shift. exactly the same on the iPad, only larger. Really? Yeah. Oh. Wow that's i was super super disappointed huh yeah i you know and and i will i will keep playing it like it's one of those things like it takes longer to play a game of agricola than it does to play a game of puerto rico certainly okay no not puerto rico what's the card game? san juan san like i played like a billion games of san juan (laughs) when i when i was uh (laughs) after after i got my surgery You know, when I was just like laying there playing Chip Chain and San Juan over and over again and (laughs) listening to, like, just wishing podcasts would come out faster so that I would have (laughs) some novelty to just uh, distract me from the body horror that I was experiencing (laughs) just by being conscious. But it takes longer than that. But the interface for the San Juan port was so good. That's a much simpler game, Hmm. I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I, you know, it, I guess not everybody plays Agricola like they're a robot, you know, which is why this thing is the way that it is, instead of just being like a text-only version of Agricola, which would be absolutely fine with me, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Anyway. But you
0: wouldn't get to see your cool farm.
2: Well, you could still see the cool farm. <laughs> it could just be an ASCII farm. Okay. It'd be all right. The
1: rogue version of a oh, game. Oh, man,
2: ro- like Rogue Harvest. That's a good name. <laughs> oh, that is a that good is name. That is a good name for a game.
0: Yeah.
2: A farming roguelike? Okay. Okay. All right, I'm editing this out so that nobody steals our sweet game name. <laughs> and that's our next project. Hey, what's in the news, Kevin?
0: Well, uh, something that kind of flew under the radar, which I found pretty interesting, was that... In Apple's iOS seven spec, they have finally uh, outlined a standard for third party controllers.
1: I'm surprised that they did that because it seemed like they were resisting that for a long time to try and.
2: Well, it was because Steve Stove Jobs. Jobs was still alive. Yeah,
1: well, well, yeah. because he 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 and they wanted. To force people to come up with mechanics that properly use the touch. Yeah, but they did. Well,
2: just they did, and so now they can have it both ways.
0: Yeah. Steve Steve Jobs also hated games. Well, okay. So I feel like that is I feel like that is a that is a lifting of sort of restrictions that has happened because of his passing. Yeah. So um, that that potentially has the you know everything could change now theoretically um, because game developers can actually. Make their games with this accepted universal standard in place, and yeah,
2: I would actually play Xenonia if I had a D-pad mm-hmm. and some buttons. I
1: yeah. hope, uh, I hope the iCade turns out to be compliant with whatever this
0: new standard is. I don't know that it will. I don't. I. It's. It's a good question. I mean, I'm guessing that there will be some sort of. Jury rigging of things that that works, but I don't yeah. know how that's. Don't how that's be gonna... racist. Jury rigging. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. What else? Um, Shadowrun returns. Uh, that Kickstarter yep. uh, has set a release date of July twenty fifth. Every 30%. video I see of
2: that game makes me not understand why you're excited about it, Kevin. Because really? yeah,
0: because it seems like it's some turn based combat. It seems like it's some shit that you hate. Oh. Sure. I I mean probably, but I love the world so much that it might be okay. <laughs> we'll see.
2: So you're just saying you are you are so filled with love of the world that you can tolerate even games that you don't like
0: <laughs> now? Potentially. Okay. Um but this the reason I I'm, I'm not mentioning it so much because I'm excited about Shadowrun returns, but because it is to my knowledge it's the first of the like giant Uh, Big, big successful Kickstarter Kickstarter, that is going to be coming out. So I'm curious, sort of how that's going to be received. And and Uh,
1: apparently, the um, they're releasing like the modding and map making tools along
0: with it. They already released it to a bunch of people. Did they? And
1: and even like like they're giving like all the the map making code for the main single player campaign. So mm-hmm. you can totally see how all of this works and how they did all of it. And, and people are already setting up custom modules and stuff. It sounds
0: pretty well, people exciting. Have, people have already recreated the, I think it was the Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. The,
1: the Super NES, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they've already made that as a mod and they are now going through all of the published adventure settings.
1: <laughs> oh, that's and
0: fantastic. remaking all of them in the, in the engine. Man, I would love to play some of those old, like, pen and paper modules. There were a couple of amazing Shadowrun modules yeah. that, that just the writing was really good and the theming was really good. I remember running one for my friends in high school where, like, <clears throat> I, I put together this audio tape. It was, it was one where you, like, went into this place and it turned out that, like, it was the cult that turned out to be actually a bunch of insect Oh people. yeah, the
1: insect cultists. I and then Xander fucked yeah.
0: them. Yes, uh, but I like got this like sort of skittering, creepy soundtrack that I played oh, nice. for everybody while they were playing it, and it was just so creepy. Like it just, I don't know. It was just great. Like, like. But then at a certain point favorite... on the
2: soundtrack, you can hear your mom yelling at you, and you're like, "Mom, I'm trying to make a <laughs> skittering tape. Leave me alone."
0: <laughs> yep. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Uh, let's hear it. Um, I, know, I know you don't really want to talk about the Xbox One because it's, it's so mainstream, but uh, they did a, a serious 180 with their uh, DRM policies, which, you know. That is puzzling that it was even possible. That they could change their plans? Like, yeah,
1: so easily. Because, I mean, that seems like stuff that the server infrastructure and the OS... Had to have been engineered for that from the beginning, uh. and if they can just if they can just turn it on a dime like that, that just seems completely weird to me.
2: Well, I mean, you can certainly disable features very readily. Yeah, I
1: right. guess. I mean, yeah. It's... I mean, they are releasing a day one patch, which is apparently now the only thing you you have to have internet for is when you when you're setting up your. Xbox One, you have to be able to plug it into the internet so you can download the day one patch that turns off all the DRM.
2: Cliff Blazinski is all grouchy. He says that this is just this that decision brings about the end of, of AAA games.
1: Uh, I think that's the, nonsense. I think, studio, studios I think, shut
2: down. Every game gets choked with DLC and microtransaction stuff. And it, yeah, If, yeah, if mean, that's
1: true, then that's those, those AAA developers' own fault for allowing... Their games to get so bloated.
0: Well, is it wow. that, or is that, I mean, is it is it Cliff's theory that like the ability to resell games is is really really bad for the industry? It
2: is. I mean, that's yeah, right. So. It's like it, and, and 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 who knows? I mean, I don't. I I like him because he is not afraid to say things that are that are very disagreeable.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I mean the.
1: Their original plans for this included um, functions not just for reselling disc-based games, but also downloaded games. I mean, they were arcane and confusing as shit, but they existed, so it's not like Xbox One was no-used games, so I don't think... If that's his argument, then it doesn't make much sense to me.
0: Well, it was a one-time transfer to somebody that you knew for a month or more. No, and then, and then it couldn't be ch- exchanged again. I mean, like, everything. You is, could you could deactivate the
1: disc and and resell it as well. Everything there.
2: pretty clearly hmm. is moving to digital distribution, yeah. right? I mean, the, yeah, the, just the,
1: just not yet. I PC, think it was way premature for Microsoft PC, to try yeah, and do no, it but in I this mean, generation.
2: It's, uh, it is it is a single it is a, it single, it is mind, a single digit number of years. Single digit number of years before buying buying a video game on a disc for a console is just not a thing. Possibly. Because so it is more or, or less thing, not though. a thing for PCs now, except yeah. if you're in yeah. but rural. PCs Hawaii. are
0: like ten percent of game sales or something like that. Like like the vast majority of games that are purchased are on consoles. No? Okay right like like just in terms of numbers and that's that's what I don't quite But but what I'm saying I'm is so far so, away so, from that community that it's mm-hmm. like Right, but the same principles
2: apply, mm-hmm. right? Like if you Do they? Okay, so you have you have two options. You can mm-hmm. either leave your house and try and find somewhere that will sell you a disc of a PC game from last year or you can buy it on Steam for 10% the price of what it would cost at retail <laughs> instantly and then 10 minutes later it's on your computer. If you could do that if if all of the bros playing Call of Duty could just type in their credit card number and have Call of Duty on their Xbox without having to drive down to Bro Stop,
0: well, okay, they would totally that- fucking do it like these games are like 45 gigs now and that it,
2: uh, and no one will ever need more than 640k of ram like it, well that,
0: right but like the, getting that actually downloading that takes 2 days right or right
2: now it does but it well
0: okay sure but when when you could download 45 gigs in an hour then the games will be 900 gigs right like
2: well you're right we should just give up <laughs> no,
0: I'm, but what I'm saying is that that it seems like maybe there is still this market for disc-based for, games for a very small amount of time.
2: I, I, I don't <sighs> believe I don't believe that that model survives as long as the Xbox 360 has been the current generation. Is what I'm saying? Like, I mean it. I don't want to, I don't want to just like join the chorus of people saying this is obviously the last generation of consoles, because I think that like buying specialized computer hardware for specific purposes is a thing that people are going to want. Right. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like the combination microwave and toaster oven was the end of microwaves and toaster ovens because combination microwave toaster ovens kind of fucking suck. Right, and so yeah, just you're, like gonna, a pizza you're gonna
0: combination Taco Bell. You're
2: gonna get a microwave, and then just not get a toaster oven because what the fuck do you need a toaster oven for, right? Like,
0: there, yeah, I, I, I,
2: I forget where I was going with this.
0: I don't know. It, it's the, the specific hardware is always going to have some kind of.
2: There market. are go- there is going to be a thing that you buy if you want to play video games, and it might not be a PC, and mm-hmm. it might not be, it might not be a, a general purpose tablet, right? but like it's it it's almost like once it got to the point where cartridges were infeasible the physical media matters so little and and this like the reason the reason that Microsoft backpedaled on this is because Sony didn't play ball and the mm-hmm. reason that Sony didn't play ball is because they realized they could get a huge hearts and minds advantage if they didn't play ball
1: I don't think that's true. I think it's it seems that well from the interviews I've seen and assuming that the people giving those interviews weren't straight up lying, but it it appears that their decision to keep the games working the same way it had on PS3 was planned from the start. They didn't they they when Microsoft announced what they were doing, they then said, "Okay, we need to we need to advertise how we're doing it." A lot stronger
2: but I mean, they, I guess they were already doing it they just don't they understand that selling discs is not going to be a thing for very much longer anyway and by the time you're buying all of your games digitally they will have gone through nine iterations of the eula and they can mm-hmm. do whatever shit that microsoft just came right out and said they were going to do and nobody will care Hmm. because it will be an entirely different environment.
1: Well, yeah, because the, cause the frog will have been boiled by then.
2: Yeah. I mean, and, you know, that's the thing. Like, fucking nobody cares that you can't resell games on Steam, except for, like, nine dudes that sued them in Europe, yeah. and nothing happened as a result of that. Yeah, I mean... Right? like, it, it's... It's, I mean, it's 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 so, weird. I
1: I I I do not at all have any expectation of being able to resell a downloaded game. But if I have a physical object like a disc, I I totally feel like I should be able to do anything the fuck I want to do with that, including sell it to somebody else. But
2: I mean, if you if you download a game and then you burn a copy of it to a CDR, do you feel like you should be able to sell that to somebody? Mm, I mean, that's not the same it gets weird right but they're no different like as objects in terms of their function they are no different at all in terms of their provenance they are slightly different but like it's a weird thing it is a weird thing which is which is why I feel like Microsoft got so demonized for like just saying alright well the world is fucking different and this is how we have to operate if we're going to continue to be able to make video games for you nice people and. yeah
0: I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> along these lines uh, steam may very well allow the sharing or the lending of games in the future yeah somebody um, found like an api call or something that there were a couple of a couple of lines in the most recent steam beta patch that uh, incl- were like things sentences like You cannot currently play this game because, you know, borrower, percent borrower or whatever was, is using it, Mm. um, that kind of thing. And like, you know, your, your game will be, is not available right now. Uh, contact, you know, your friend or whatever to see if they're (laughs) to to kick them
1: off your goddamn game. (laughs) Right. That kind of thing. Interesting. Um,
0: So, I mean, and that may or may not ever see the light of day, but it was interesting to see it in, the in the code base. So, I, I have no idea if that's related at all to any of this DRM stuff that people are talking about or if it was just coincidental or what God, it's
2: weird, man. The extent to which people will balk if a game costs $3 and then complain that the free game Dares to ask them for three dollars mm-hmm. for a bag of gold, well, or that, something the
1: like. XCOM came out for iOS, and they're charging full twenty bucks for it. So we'll see how that. I turns. mean,
2: that's still twenty bucks compared to the sixty that it costs on PC. Well, the or other...
1: sixty that it did
2: originally—is it still going for that much? Well, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago. It mm. Could just be that I'm old and the.
1: Plus the the iOS version is is much lower texture resolution and stuff.
2: Mm.
0: <sighs> so that. That Candy Crush Saga game, Melissa went back and continued to play that. um, And she got to the level, that place in the game where it's like, okay, in order to keep playing, you either need to, you know, spread the word about this on Facebook, like get a friend to play on Facebook, or give us a dollar or two or whatever, or complete these quests, you know, these three quests, which you can only do one of a day, right? So you have to wait three days before you can play another level and she hasn't given them any money yet but um, but like it's <clears throat> it's fascinating and i don't know if like is that the way that games are in the future that completely free to play but you know the, you only get to play the first 10% of it and then you either have to mm-hmm. give them money or well uh, do social media or
1: i mean the social media thing is gross but a game where you play the first level and then if you want more you have to buy it That's how the original Doom worked, right?
0: Okay, but then
1: what if you had to buy every level? Oh, every level separately? Okay, yeah, that's gross.
0: Well, well, I mean, right? Like, what's the why? Uh, my is it my gut different? reaction is that. it's I mean, gross we've been
2: sure. in a lot of ways. Why? We've been selling a lot of levels to a lot of people one at a time for the last decade, and that's how we have jobs.
1: Oh yeah, I guess that's true.
2: I mean, they're not they're not explicitly like, oh, you, this is the next thing, and you can't have it unless you pay us. But yeah, I it's mean, like, I guess I guess Walking Dead works that way y- too,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, so sure, okay.
2: Although that's. Do they sell that a episode at a time or is it just They did they originally, did originally oh, yeah.
1: Did I think I think the way it is now you get the first episode free and you can buy the right. rest of them exactly. either a la carte or as
2: a package. So they stopped selling individual episodes of Kentucky Route 0 and did they? That, yeah, they did and now it is oh. only available through the Humble Store and on Steam and it is only available the whole season
0: at a time.
1: Huh. Interesting. I, I didn't realize that. I had already bought it was the yeah, whole season
0: at a time. Me, me yeah. too, yeah. But it was like $7 an episode originally. Yeah, hey, speaking so of if, which. Wh-
2: stop playing Letterpress. Press.
0: No, it's so good. It's time to Today talk about so the
2: important games in life, such as Kentucky Route Zero. Uh, Kevin, what did you think yeah. of Kentucky Route Zero? You told me, you said some, you sent me some unflattering text messages.
0: I did not like the game very much. Man. I I liked the atmosphere and I liked the writing in general but I felt like it was a game I I was I was not really in the mood to play it I guess um it felt ponderous and slow and I kind of was just waiting for it to be over
1: hmm. I mean I will I will grant that it's not uh puzzly
0: no I mean it's, right, but it's yeah. not but even even the narrative is just seems like it's just a random collection of images just thrown together, right? Like
2: Yeah, like like many of the most well regarded works of literature like in human
0: civilization.
2: Uh Ulysses.
0: Okay. I I also think that Ulysses is not all that awesome, <laughs> right? Ulysses is impenetrable, right? Like you have to have companion texts to fucking understand it, right? And it's possible that Kentucky Route Zero has as much depth as that, but it's also well, possible that it is just pretentious Or bullshit. it's
2: also possible that Ulysses does not have as much depth as people whose job is to convince you that Ulysses has depth and charge sure. to educate your children <laughs> would like you to believe.
0: Right, so I mean, it is possible that I am just not getting Kentucky Route Zero, but like it is, it just seems that is so pretentious. As
2: I was thinking about it, what I was, what what, like I was playing it with your objections ringing in my ears because I played it completely after you did, and and I, I was planning on making fun of you for just not getting it, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but uh, so. The thing is, I feel like pretentious stuff works on me because I always just assume that I am too stupid to pick up on what it's trying to do, mm-hmm. and so I, I just sort of. I mean, it's of... definitely
0: possible that we're not getting it right. I mean, I, I don't see. I, I can see. I
1: I I can understand finding finding it like ponderous. Uh, I I don't really get pretentious because I don't feel it like it was. It wasn't trying to push any overt message down your throat or anything like that. It was very, I don't know, mellow in a way that...
2: I mean, pretentious is a weird word, right? Like, it is a word that you use to mean something that is, like, deliberately trying to be artistically challenging.
0: Mm. Yeah, I feel, like it, I feel like it is trying to be <clears throat> obtuse in a way that... Just isn't meaningful. Instead, instead of there being some sort of like, and that's the thing. You know, it is only two fifths done, and maybe there's going to be some sort of really interesting sort of combination of all the different stuff that's that's happening. I mean, do you think that like Twin Peaks was was pretentious? I mean, no, right? Because Twin Peaks was designed to be creepy and like strange and unfold in this mystery like right and kind of so maybe this... i mean
2: this is like it is it is somber and homespun mm-hmm. and dreamlike yeah it's i so so what i what i found myself thinking while i was playing this game is i like this playing this is a good opportunity for me to put my money where my mouth is because i have always said that the thing that video games are actually good at is mood and atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this game is just that. Yeah. It is basically. And do I like it? And I think I do. Like Mm -hmm. I I like I kept finding myself like every once in a while I would have the impulse that that I I feel like you just Talked about which was that like ah when is what do I need to do to make progress and how can I do that as quickly as possible? Right. I'm glad. It's like I played. I played most of the way through like Act One when it came out, Mm -hmm. and I this time I made a point of playing it exhaustively. Yeah. And I feel like I got more out of it. Like I feel like just all right. So my goal is to. Go through all of these little text mazes once. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm gonna I'm gonna do them the way that I do them. I'm gonna I'm gonna say what I feel like I would say okay. in this situation and see what it gives me. And you know, I spent a lot of time driving around the map to see, to see all of the things that you could go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know after seeing in episode two, the like Secret travel guide notes that told you how to get to all of the.
1: Oh, Wait, I missed that.
0: What
2: are you talking? Where about? is that? Yeah, when you're in the. So you you find a book? Huh. Maybe nobody finds it. Yeah. Maybe not everybody finds it.
0: No, I didn't find a book. So there was a there was a, I I did not I skipped an entire scene in Act Two. I went from Act Two Scene Two to Act Two Scene Four.
2: Huh. Hmm. There was a book that you found somewhere that. When you get it, when you get onto the zero and you're Mm -hmm. going in that circle, it, you can click it and it gives you directions to a bunch of landmarks.
0: Hmm. Okay.
2: And they're all like, you know, go drive until you see the television and then turn around. And then when you see the antenna, turn around again, and then you'll be at the meditation tunnels Mm -hmm. or whatever. Okay. And there are things that you could find, but you probably wouldn't. Yeah. The, the yeah book... I
1: drove around randomly for a while and found a few of those. But... I don't
2: remember where the book came.: The book had been mentioned before. like when you, when you click the icon, it's like there's the icon for you to go to sleep and let mm-hmm. her drive you back to the bureau. Like that's sort of like resetting the map. OK, right?
0: Wait, what? I, again, I also don't know what that is. Huh. I, I did
1: notice that there's like a little ZZZ. little ZZZs in the lower left-hand corner. corner. Yeah, I know. But If you, if you click them, that, she yeah.
2: says, oh, you look like you're getting sleepy. Do you want me to drive? And if you say yes, then it just resets you at the
0: bureau. Okay, interesting. I, I mean, that's the thing. I was, after about halfway through the first uh, act, or first episode, sorry, I uh, was just... Like, okay, what can I do to make this end as quickly as oh. possible? See,
2: I played the first act, and then I put it away, and I came back the next day to play the second act when I felt like I was, when I felt like my patience had recharged, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when I, okay, like, I, I did sort of feel like this game was challenging me to not treat it like a video game, right? Like, it, it.
0: What did you think of the museum? Um where you were like the museum of different houses I or housing or I
2: thought that that was really really like I thought that was a really great realization of the kind of thing that would happen in a dream. Yeah. Right? Like the, the one of the really common themes of dreams that i have that are often framed as video game dreams and i feel like a lot of people have a lot of people have this i think it is just something that growing up playing video games does to your mind that makes you treat things in a certain way but the idea of being in a place where there are a bunch of things and each of those things represents something and when you touch that thing a conversation plays out in your head, or each of these things is your a link it's, to another. Br- it is
0: being narrated by in so these in, people that you've never in met. in my
2: dreams. It is a sub screen that opens up when I touch things, and it goes and in the Nintendo font, <laughs> it tells me a story about that object. Nice, and, weird, and oh, and I mean, this okay. is th- like it, this is not like every dream I have is like this, but there have been enough of them where it's <laughs> like. Oh, okay. So now I'm in this I'm in just like in this dining room that's filled with like old furniture, and if I pick up this plate, then I can go to the subscreen and read a story about something that happened once that involved this plate. Right? And so the Museum of Dwellings was like, "Wow. Like somebody made a video game of my video game dream archetype." One and of, now I'm playing it.
1: One of definitely one of my one of the reasons I like this so much. There there's two things that I really really like in media and games in particular. Uh, and the the first one is an an accurate representation of what it feels like to be dreaming, and that's it, it's a it's a much more subtle like it's not just things being weird and wacky and random it's it's much more subtle chosen right i mean it's yeah yeah, it's
2: it's there there is there is so much artifice in doing that right yeah and that's why i forgive this game its pretentiousness because it just nails it Mm -hmm,
1: exactly the other thing i really like is uh comedy bureaucracy
0: Right, the the like Terry Gilliam, yeah, Beazil yeah, yeah, like, like
1: that, or uh, there is a game called uh, a point and click adventure called Obsidian that had a really fantastic bureaucracy level, or there is Douglas Adams' uh, right. bureaucracy game for the- Infocom. I like love that. that
2: nothing happens when you go to the bears. Yes, level they just the look bureau. at you. Just,
1: I laughed so hard when you you first get on the elevator and it gives you the list of what every floor is. And it just says floor three bears. And as the elevator goes up and you pass floor three up, yep, there's lots of bears in there. <laughs> just sitting guys, there looking at what,
0: you. <laughs> what do you think of the organist on that level? Uh, I didn't see that. I didn't
1: notice an organist.
0: If you walk all the way to the right, there is a dude in shorts who's grilling some food on a hibachi. And he's, if you just sit there for a while, uh, he turns around and starts playing this organ and just organ music plays for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Sure. It's also... I mean, like, so, okay. If, if you If you look at this game from the premise that it is just some sort of fucked up dream that you're having... Then sure, it's great, and it, it does evoke that mood. But if you're looking at it from like the point of view of just like wanting there to be a coherent narrative where anything fucking makes sense, it was like really frustrating. Well, but yeah. why would you look at it like? That? Yeah, I, I mean, mean that's, it, maybe that's eventually we'll of... get
1: some answers to where Dogwood Drive is and what happened to what's her name's sister. Yeah, I, but
0: like, why do you think that? Like, I think why this... would you think that it's a dream? Like, what? What? At what point does that become? It's, like, it's, it's not necessarily as as, no, it literally becomes, a dream, it becomes, but it's apparent like it becomes apparent during the
2: first interaction with the guy at the gas station. As soon as you go downstairs and you see some uh, people yeah, playing, yeah. Dunge- you see some people playing like a weird, surreal version of Dungeons and Dragons. And then when you go to find their dice and you come back, they're just fucking gone. And then the guy at the gas station has no idea what you're talking about. Like, Unless it you is don't
0: talk to him about that at all because well, you can totally just not. talk But either
2: him about way, him. they're gone. Either way. Either way, this is like, oh, there were some people here in the dark playing Dungeons and Dragons at a table
0: and now they're not there anymore. And except that they weren't playing Dungeons and Dragons, they were playing Kentucky Route Zero, but as a board game, right? Like But okay, so like, so sure, what But what I'm saying is it like there
2: is never a point at which this game purports to be a story about a, a fixed protagonist in a coherent and consistent world hmm. right it is from from the outset you okay. you are creating so reality in, in by world, mentioning
0: it and right. so but in a world where just anything can happen, and it, like, like there's just nothing compelling me to move. But forward it's because not there aren't there are no rules. But it right? isn't like, but it, because are, at any moment they rules. could decide that they could decide. Oh, and by the way, everything's on fire, <laughs> and that's the end of the story. Congratulations, you're done. But you, right, but like, you trust. Them I have to, no... you
2: trust them to not do that because they. Th- this is like trusting a puzzle maker to to <sighs> not give you a puzzle you can't solve. You trust them to not do that because they don't want to tell a shitty, stupid story. Yeah, right, like. I, I honestly figured, like, when I was imagining how we were all going to respond to this, I figured that Riff would be just kind of like, yeah, you know, this is this is cool, whatever, like, like the imagery. I would hate it, and that you would embrace it, because you, Kevin, of all of
0: us, are like, like, you're the theater guy. Sure. You know, like, you're... Which, but theater, theater, okay, so, here's the thing about Super theater. tangible? Theater, no, theater establishes tropes, and then, like doggedly respects those tropes, right? Like- I
2: would argue that I would argue that this game doggedly respects the trope that in a dream every place is both inside and outside. Every location, every location in the game, everything that you ever do in this game takes place both indoors and outdoors. And it goes out of its way to to use that theme all the time.
0: I mean, it, at the very beginning, you are outdoors, very specifically outdoors, and then you go indoors and then come back outdoors. <sighs> okay,
2: I, it's, I guess with the gas station, that's true. But every every other location... And the
0: house, the very beginning, like in the house. The
2: farmhouse? Yeah. No, the farmhouse is outdoors when you're watching television. It is only when you stop watching the television that you're back indoors. Like...
0: No, when the house splits open and you're like looking at no, some sort the house of weird reveals crack.
2: itself to be the standing frame of a house in which you are outdoors <laughs> and looking. But that's like,
0: you deciding that that's what's no, happening. No, that's what's right, that's, that's not, what's being displayed. I mean that like it. it <laughs> I mean, what you can what is happening is you are passing out and having a dream instead of watching TV because it's like you you spaced out for a while there. You you fell asleep. Like those well, are the things that the game tells okay, you. But in those situations. Right? But like, but
2: what? I, but, so so then in the beginning of episode two, you explicitly talk to the girl that you're with where you can't figure out whether the bureau is inside or outside.
0: Sure, sure.
2: Right? Fine. So then there is another building that disintegrates later, and then there is the fucking Museum of Dwellings, which is an indoor museum about everything that could possibly be outside. Like, it is a collection of all of these things that mark the boundaries between inside and outside, put together at a building that is partially inside and partially outside because it is not fully constructed and it's fucking raining, (laughs) Like... Right. I, like, I would argue that this is one of the strongest establishments and sticking to of a trope of anything uh, that I've seen I mean, in I, video games. I, I in, like we, in,
0: just, we just argued about it, right? Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't know that that's...
2: Well, right, but you're <clears throat> wrong about all of the things that you believe, and so that's why it's so unamb- unambiguous. I mean, I
0: think the fact
1: that you guys can have this argument means that this is an interesting thing.
0: I'm not arguing that it's not interesting. I'm, I'm saying okay, that I, so, didn't, I didn't like it, and I and I felt like... I, I feel like like this is like Lost, right? Like, Lost was compelling, and it was really great at setting up like an atmosphere mm-hmm. or whatever, but they had no fucking idea what they were doing, and it, and there was just no payoff. The end right. was so you disappointing. Know, this is
2: everybody that watched This it. is because you don't think... You don't think we can make a game that takes place in a world with a deeper cosmology if we don't define the cosmology,
0: if we don't have any idea what the cosmology is, I think yeah, I, I do. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, I I I trust them that they know where the story is. Oh, going. I,
2: I don't. You don't at all. No, <laughs> no. but but <laughs> I but I don't need it to be. You, you don't, don't care. care. Okay. It's you're not. Excited, no, it's you're not, it, by the it, journey because you l- don't. Care no, about the no, no. You, that's that is an oversimplification of the way that I feel about stuff like this. It is not that I don't care. I think it is better if they don't. I think that they are going to produce better stuff okay. if they get to play it by ear. And you know what? Like, maybe this has this, this series problem that I have with every series of, like, every every artist that releases albums before I discover them and then after I discover them. Every book series that has issues that come out before I discover it and after I discover it where the most recent one when I find it is the one that is the best, <laughs> and it just goes downhill after <laughs> that. But, like, right now... Right now, to me, this game is so... It is so flush with the possibilities of what it's going to be able to do Mm -hmm. that, like, it is exciting to me and I don't want them to be constrained by some book printed on gold pages that an angel told them about in the Utah desert, right? Like, I want them to be making this shit up as they go along because that is how fucking art works. That is how... Everything that has ever been produced happens, is that somebody was making well, it up because okay. they
1: I, went along. I, I don't think, I don't, I don't don't think that they you know, have right. like a strict script that that all that is left for them to do is implement that script to publish no. these things. I mean they things. probably have a
2: list of like settings where Yeah, like, I, okay, the thing like, is, and like, okay, and every, I'm sure they feel everything completely everything that I know free to about, change
1: any of that if they come up with something better in the everything process. Everything I
2: know about the creative process leads me to believe that what they probably have is For the first episode, they had a pretty good roadmap before they started working of what that was going to entail. For the second one, they had, like, a half a page of stuff that was like, all right, well, there's going to be a museum of dwellings where there's, like, just an example of every kind of thing that you can live in, and then there's going to be a bureau, and, like, maybe on the third floor there will be bears. And then for the third episode, they probably have, like, a sentence... And for the fourth episode, they probably have, like, a word <laughs> on a sheet of paper. And for the fifth episode, there is a blank page that's like, uh, we'll come up with something. <laughs> right. Because, well, I mean, I mean it then, could just be me, but, as, like, that's as, how shit like that works. Well,
1: yeah. But, I mean, as you get to...
2: As they, as
1: they get to uh, doing episode four, they will turn that word into a sentence and then a paragraph and then right, a few absolutely. pages. And then, and then they, because,
2: yeah. because they will invariably accidentally introduce some sort of internal inconsistency, Kevin will hate it and say, uh, this is some J.J. Abrams <laughs> bullshit right here. <laughs> I, the thing is, I can know that Lost doesn't resolve any of the things that it sets up. And still enjoy watching it. Right? Because, I mean, this is this is my whole endings don't matter thing. Because mm-hmm. if endings matter, everything fucking sucks. And I don't want everything to suck. I want to be able <laughs> to just, I want to just be able to experience.
0: Why do you say that, though? Like, <clears throat> to me, the, the most compelling works of art are the ones that, take you on a journey and then deliver some sort of really amazing destination, right? Like this, the things that like take you on a journey and then just drop you off in the middle of the desert and be like, I hope you find some water and then just leave, right? Like are really disappointing. But
2: that sometimes those journeys were really awesome and they were stuff that you wouldn't be able to do if you had to tie it on a bow. Yeah. And the then end, you right? die
0: of thirst.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but Everybody eventually dies of thirst. That is the only way that the story ever ends. Like that's that's the I, people people talk about how Stephen King can't end books, and Neil Stevenson. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you
0: know what? Anyone with Stephen in their name and
2: whatever, you know, they're still fucking good. Mm. Because when you when you look back on when I look back on like the Tommyknockers, right? Which is a, which like, that is a book that is held up as like, oh man, that was when Stephen King was like really just doing a shitload of heroin or whatever and like, (laughs) just write, obviously writing like an idiot. Like, I remember so much stuff about that book and I remember feeling like, oh, this is fucking great. Like, this is so cool. I can't wait to see what happens next. And then, I don't remember how it ends. I'm sure it was real stupid. (laughs) I'm sure that the ending was stupid and didn't really, didn't really wrap up whatever was being set up but it like there are so few ways in which I am capable of embracing the like it is the journey and not the destination that is the important thing but stories like they are stories that are not constrained by having to wrap everything up at the end have the freedom to be so much better and so much broader and like or just garbage Right, like, but I y because you are of the opinion that a dissatisfying end can retroactively turn the entire book into garbage, and I am not because I won't let it. I will not let the ending of a book ruin fun that I had earlier because it already happened. you know what, dog, I already had that fun, you can't take it away from me, no matter how shitty you are, and that's that's so, and like. This is so weird, Kevin. Because I feel like I am generally so much more cynical about shit than you are, <laughs> and yet in the, in, the, in this one thing, and th- this, I'm super glad that we played this game because <laughs> it because it draws attention to this. Like, but like both because because I fundamentally think that video games, video game storytelling is just shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I you know, th- like oh. Steve Job. I, I forget who I was. I think it was maybe like Ron Gilbert. Met Steve Jobs once and wrote an account of the meeting. And they're like, "Don't argue with him about games." And Steve Jobs just said something that was like, "I don't think the video games can tell stories." And then Ron Gilbert's like, "I'm arguing with Steve Jobs," and then he got thrown out of
0: Jobs' <laughs> castle or whatever,
2: the Bat Cave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming
2: right. that's where Steve Jobs lives. The but apple. Cave. <clears throat> I, I I always I feel like I piss you guys off by saying that. I think in general, video games are not a good medium for linear storytelling. Mm. And that it's not like we don't need to find somebody who's really good at telling a story in a video game. We need to start embracing the kind of things that video games are good at doing, which in my mind has always been about mood and... I mean, it's weird. The games we make just... I don't think of them as having a story at all.
1: No, no. The games that we have so far made sure
2: but i mean i guess i think i mean i d- did i write a story for word realms because i kind of decided all of the things that were going to happen right but di- that's a story right
0: that's is it
2: i don't think it's, it's a story okay it's just some stuff that happens <laughs> but it can happen in whatever like it can happen in whatever order you yeah. want. so it's like i mean not- i
1: think i think it's difficult or at least more difficult to write a linear, a good linear story in a video game than it is in a more obviously linear medium, but I don't think it's impossible.
2: No, I'm not saying that it's impossible. I'm just saying that that is not what video games are good at. So struggling to try and make video games good at that, I think is going to produce less good material than making video games that are just good at what video games are good at. Yeah, sure. You know? And and I think this is this is a fantastic exploration of that. Like I, yeah, I yeah. this this game, like I I really did I start after after you sent me that text, Kevin, that was like this game is all pretense mm-hmm. and no payoff. I thought okay, if that is true then I should if I actually believe the ridiculous shit that I say <laughs> about what is important to me, right? I should be able to enjoy this. I should be able to appreciate this. And so I approached it from a standpoint of trying to appreciate it in that way, and it, it just super fucking delivered. <laughs> and I did not really care about this game, having dicked around in the first episode for a little while before, because I got, like, I was, like... Why is this cart moving so slow? What the fuck? Yeah. I there's like I got to get over there and kill some skeletons. Yeah. But then it's like no, no. No I don't. Like did you guys ever turn the lamp off in the mine? I don't remember.
0: It's been a while the since one I played it. The one point where there one. was
2: a tape recorder that would play if you turn the lamp off. I
0: did. <clears throat> there's if you turn the lamp off while you're moving, there are like ghosts that are floating around. Neat. Ah. Uh, Man, so
2: so I am a sucker for sad bluegrass music, which this game really uh sure. really delivers on delivers. in a big way. I am Yeah,
0: no, it is it is incredibly atmospheric. I am a, I am like, a sucker like,
2: for like just decay. Like mm-hmm. there is like Jesus Christ, there is no cooler setting than a fucking haunted abandoned mining town. <laughs> like Carnival. Oh god, you guys fucking So here's the thing. Carnival Super good show. It's not. It was not as good on rewatching it in toto all at once as it was when I was watching it as it aired, you know, and was really okay. excited to have this 40 minutes a week where this serial story continued. But, like, it doesn't fucking go anywhere.
0: And it's great. <laughs> it was I mean, it was building to something, right? Like that was the thing. It was really slow, but it was well, it was heading. So, so it is right, it, yeah. well, it
2: is very easy for a guy who didn't have to write the episodes when it got there to say that sure. it was heading somewhere. Right? And I mean like if Lost had just gotten cancelled after the third season, it would be like Then that uh,
0: would have been better, probably, yeah. Right? I'm agreeing with you in some roundabout way. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, Twin Twin Peaks did but here's never got its ending. You, you don't so. like, and you say endings are shit. Regardless, I say good endings are the best thing. Yeah, yeah. Bad endings are terrible, and somewhere in the middle is like a thing that which has no ending because it... right. And unfinished. I mean,
2: I and, and I mean, I basically say that good endings are at best irrelevant. Bad endings are at worst harmless.
1: I guess I'm somewhere in the middle. I mean I would I would prefer to have an awesome journey and an awesome destination, but as long as the journey is awesome then you know, if the destination is poor, eh, it's not a big deal.
2: I mean, I guess I just kind of feel like when you're watching a movie,
0: there isn't a destination.
2: The destination is a you who walks out of the movie theater who has seen that movie. Hmm. Right I mean it's not like
0: but that's like a that's like a metatextual experience right it's it's not immersing yourself in the film and experiencing it as a beginning, middle, and end. It's thinking about like well I'm gonna exist beyond the end of this film, so the end of this film therefore has no meaning right like that's that's a weird way to approach any kind of experience I think <clears throat> right because like it's no, like but this, I'm not suggesting this episode this this podcast like. You might as well just stop listening now because you're going you're to outlive the, the, the duration of this podcast unless it's, you know, a million years long or something, right? And
2: Wait, wait. So, so you, Are you suggesting that our listeners are going to live a million years? <laughs>
0: No, I'm saying that the the podcast, if we, if we just never s- stop the record, like we could just we could fill up our hard drives and buy more hard drives. In fact, we could while it's still recording, we could go to the store to get more hard drives so we could record more <laughs> podcasts and we could just never put it out into the world. Or we could put it out and be like, it's we're still recording, so it's not going to end right. Like we could do that. <clears throat> but. What what is the point, right? Like, it, it we should we should have an awesome ending to this podcast, I and that would be such a satisfying way for people to have listened to it, right? Instead of just trailing off, a have a great great week, everybody.
2: I, okay, I, I've 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 lost track of the point that you're trying to make here. But, I have to. I was just sort of <laughs> well, you know what? But that's fine because it was a journey, right? And <laughs> and now we're here and we're just floundering around trying to figure out what
0: the fuck to talk about next. It, yeah, I. I you know here's the thing. I am going to. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until the next three episodes come out, and then I'm gonna start over, and I'm gonna try to do it at a at a point when I I am way more conducive, like I'm feeling more sort of willing to spend some time at it, and then I'm gonna try to like spend. Kevin, some time I, will, I will I will loan movie. you
2: some weed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wish I could think of something off the top of my head that had a really good, satisfying ending that I could use as a counter example to something like Snow Crash, which had a really good, satisfying story, but a really weak ending, but the weak ending didn't ruin the story.
2: Huh, I thought the ending was...
1: What, of Snow Crash?
2: Yeah, I mean... I I
1: always feel like it really just sort of
2: wasn't the ending, Got like weird and then almost everybody dies right like it gets out like the thing that they've been trying to yeah but keep it just out, kind of gets out. like Peters out without
1: sort of it just sort of drops off and like I always get to the end of Snow Crash and feeling like there ought to be another 12 pages.
2: I mean, I guess the Diamond Age, the di- you know, the Diamond Age is just fucking amazing and then the ending is
0: like, uh, eh, okay. I-, I mean, I guess yeah. I guess <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I mean, did you what did you think of Ender's Game? I don't remember how but that That was ended. good.
2: I mean, I like I wish nothing had happened after the end of Ender's Game. Yeah.
0: The end The other I mean, books or the
2: yeah, or the other books. Oh, I mean, okay. Dena Oh, I don't I don't so even that, remember the denouement. I mean like
0: How far
1: how far longer does it go past the battle? He, yeah, when he finds out that these
0: have been actual spoilers. So, Oops. Uh, anybody that hasn't read Ender's Game by now uh, isn't going to read it. That's not true actually. I have I have convinced people in their 20s and 30s to pick it up uh, for the first time and read I, it. I got my and...
2: dad to read it when he was probably Forty-five, hmm. and he didn't like it at all. But then he read Ender's Shadow and was like, "This is—it is so obvious that this guy got twenty years better at writing in between these two books." <laughs> yeah.
1: I do remember liking Ender's Shadow a lot. I never got around to reading the rest of them in the Shadow trilogy. I just didn't care. I mean, really.
2: I, like, I, Peter and Valentine were the least interesting thing about hmm. that about Ender's Game hmm. to me. Like I just did not give a shit about the political stuff at all. And I mean, I think that's that is largely because I am a simpleton who <laughs> I have no no framework in which to even try to comprehend
0: politics mm-hmm. or sociology. so you know i I think i I agree with you in some ways, like that like some of the most memorable moments from literature or cinema or whatever are in the middle of a story right like
1: or or like i i i briefly mentioned a little while ago we we never got to see what the actual ending to twin peaks was and it's it's still just as good without an ending or if you want to consider the last episode to be the ending, then with a crappy and disappointing ending. Yeah,
2: or fucking Firefly, which, hey, let's give this an ending so that yeah. everything will fucking suck and you'll just want to kill yourself.
1: Hmm. You mean the movie Serenity? Yeah. Yeah, I, I still haven't watched it, and that's pretty much why.
0: I mean, I think about some of my other, like, sort of favorite movies, and, like, you know, Fight Club has a pretty satisfying yeah. ending to me. Um Shawshank Redemption has a pretty satisfying ending, um, and maybe that's what maybe that's what all I want. Maybe what Lebowski I want. Lebowski has a pretty good ending. Yeah. Do you really
2: do you no. really think that the ending of Fight Club is like? It's super satisfying. It is incredibly satisfying, but it's so cheap. I mean, it's just like, I mean, it like I feel like the ending of Fight Club is it's like the ending of cheap? Seinfeld, where it's like, oh, and whoa, then they, whoa. All, whoa. And then they all went to prison for the rest of their lives. Or the ending of the Hitchhiker's Guide, and then a meteor hit them all, and they all died. Like,
0: wait, 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 wait. Oh, and then, Fight oh, and then, oh, and then, and then society they... collapsed,
2: and then everyone died. Uh, uh, okay, um, <laughs> this is like the ending of every story about dinosaurs, and then a <laughs> meteor hit, and everyone was dead.
0: The end. <laughs> I mean, the ending of the personal story is like him reconciling this, like schizophrenia. And then the ending of the sort of meta story is potentially sort of a societal I feel like
2: just so I don't get you in trouble with your girlfriend, uh, schizophrenia and multiple personality disorder are not
0: the same thing. Uh, Sure. I was trying to be rhetorical, not accurate.
2: I just don't want her to hear this and think that I... She doesn't listen to our
0: podcast. Okay.
2: Come on. (laughs) Well, I don't listen to hers, so...
0: (laughs) <clears throat> uh, anyway,
2: I just want, every once in a while I am reminded of the fact that your girlfriend's job like she basically did a thing that was like the hard mode version of a thing that I did and I like to think <laughs> I like PhD. to I like to try to demonstrate at least a passing familiarity with this shit that I supposedly <laughs> am qualified to do. I could totally go out and be a therapist. That is horrifying <laughs> that is fucking <laughs> horrifying anyway so yeah I, I mean okay so yeah the, 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 the personal arc completes for that dude but the movie was about bigger things and I think that the ending was pretty cheap and, I think the ending was I think the ending was kind of a cop out
0: how would you like how is this incredible idea of actually sort of resetting society a cop out it's <sighs> that's, that's because what i don't because get. the way that that
2: movie ends is them saying "Whoop, society reset <laughs> <laughs> right like they don't like but they
0: don't it's they, like, they, they like oh bl- right they,
2: okay that that building that building is where society was and so now that that building fell down oh you're right Nobody has any guns anymore. Nobody, nobody has any computers no, that weren't. A up. bunch of
0: people have. A bunch of people have guns, and that's kind of the point, right? Like it's, it's, uh, it's the, the theory, well, So, Fight Club you know, whether, is just a prequel to Mad Max. <laughs> <clears throat> whether whether it turns out this way or not, which they don't show, right? Like that's that's kind of the other thing, right? Like they set up. The ending of that movie is the beginning of some potential other amazing story, right? it's it is satisfying in the way that it completes the arc of what they were it, the story that they were trying to tell and opens up a hundred possible news. but stories, it's not right?
2: it is it is like it is a it is like the ultimate opiate for the masses, right? It is like a hey, this movie ended with all of your debt going away and explosions mm. yeah, some explosions that made all of your debt go away because all data about all of the money that you owe to everybody was in this one building in New York because that is what people fucking think well it was four or five buildings okay but but, still. but, but it's just it's it's like and okay it so let's say Apple let's Apple. say that the movie ended with them hacking the lottery so that everybody won the lottery all at the same time <laughs> it's exactly the same fucking ending only it's ridiculous because it's ridiculous Society totally resets if everyone wins the lottery. I'm just saying. Also, there are no, there are, there is no number of buildings that you could destroy that would make it so everybody's credit card debt went away. That is just not a thing.
0: Really, you don't think that's true? If you blew up, if you blew up every building, okay, centers. like every building.
2: So I did recently visit a museum that listed all the different kinds of buildings that there are. So let me think. So if you blew up all of the tints, <laughs> Ah, that was me making a joke that would make Riff laugh.
0: The past tents and the future tents. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> all right. Uh, so now that we've brightened things up, you blow up all of the trailers. You blow up all the... I really like... Okay, so when I think of a houseboat, I do not yeah. think of... A yeah, a platform on some, on yes, some oil yeah, drums. Yeah, that was weird. And because well, that's more like a boat. raft house. Yeah, yeah like Yeah. A, that's great, though. Mm. Did I ever tell you guys about the time I built a raft out of
1: fifty-five uh,
2: gallon oil drums? No. Pla- I don't think so. What do you call those pallets? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it was good. We were we were at work, me and the me and the intern at this internet service provider that I worked at and we were like, I bet we could build a raft And they were like, You can't build a raft, you guys are idiots. And we were like, Well fuck you, we could build a raft. And then we like the next weekend we're out at the lake and we're like, Yeah, you know what, you can't come hang out on our sweet raft because you doubted us. You kids can come and play on the raft. It's totally safe. Don't worry about it. It was not safe. No, but um, yeah, no, like 55 gallon oil drums are surprisingly cheap if you buy them from a place that's otherwise going to throw them away. Hmm. Um. Yeah, and then you just sort of drill some holes in them and wire them to some pallets and then you have a sweet house, there apparently.
1: Episode of the Prisoner I watched the other night in which he creates a raft out of oil drums and
0: boards. By an episode of Prisoner? Do you mean uh, you played some Animal Crossing? <laughs> well, both those things. <laughs> all right, I've been rewatching
1: The Prisoner as research for my game of Animal Crossing.
0: <laughs> you're doing
2: exhaustive research for your single player role playing. That you no, know, yes. you're not documenting at all. Like this is one of those things that could be a pretty cool website if you.
1: <laughs> well, actually, once uh, once I've built the uh, the Dream Suite. I'll be able to publish a code that allows other people to see my town. Ooh. So,
2: Well, this episode is getting hells of long, and we're not getting anywhere in our debate about what does or does not make a good story. Yeah. So we should figure it's out what been, our next assignment is. It's been I pretty mean, good, though. We got kind of deep. I mean, articulate cool. what our next story is. Yeah. And we keep looking at the sheet from yeah, Video Games I do, Hot 105. We don't ever actually and print and these things print out print and nail out. them to the sheet yeah. on the wall. Uh, unless Kevin is here and Kevin is away now. Next week, though. Next week.
1: Yeah. What are we doing next? Yeah. Week?
2: We're all going to be in the same
1: place. But oh yeah. For next right.
2: week, we're going to play uh, Hotline Miami because it's a thing that we can get through Woo. fairly quickly. And Kevin's moving. And uh, that guy was kind of a dick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you Did you see that they're They're the, the, They've announced the sequel to it yes. already. I think it's yeah. It's called that, Hotline that Miami That was why Miami it was uh,
1: on my mind today. Mm-hmm.
0: Hotline Miami Two, wrong number, and they uh, They They said. Yes, yes, it would have been funnier if we had done Hotline Miami 3 wrong, yeah. we, but we did that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been funnier if we had done anything, but we obviously don't have any fucking sense of humor because we're kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail for us to read next year in Jerusalem, <laughs> I mean next week in Phoenix, Yes. how would they do that?
0: Uh Well, they could tweet us, at VGHotDog. They could email us, VGHotDog at gmail.com. They could check out our website, VideogamesHotDog.com, which can lead to our forums, which are active and uh, full of people discussing games and things about games and the assignments and stuff. Um, Or they could uh, write us a question by uh, giving us a review on iTunes, which we would never notice uh, and we would never answer, but would be uh, very appreciated anyway.
2: Oh, I bet we wouldn't notice. Yeah, I check that yeah. shit like once an hour. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, I'm real bored, and I never work. It sucks. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I've had a fun time doing an episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I can't yeah. wait till next week when we're all uh, when we're all together for the last time in a really long time because everything is about to fucking turn upside down and catch on fire while it drowns. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but won't that be such a great
2: thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, bye, everybody. Yeah. See, we remember how we were talking about how much better it was for things to have satisfying endings than to just peter out. So we finally figured out a way to end the Monday KOL shows. We've got like a. We've got like. Nah. It's just we've just got a a, a patter that Mm. that ends it every time, and we we sort of got it for advice, hot dog. But this one we've we gotta. What? Here's what we have.
0: You just want a formula, but that's not an. Praise the sun.
2: Yeah. Praise praise the sun.
0: (laughs) Have a great week, everybody. I'm hot stuff. And it's you're you're Kevin. God damn it! Do we need to start over? Uh, Well, it's up to you. All right, let's do it again. I'm Zach. I'm Riff.